Some people in life, and one person in particular, really frustrates me. I know I shouldn't carry tension about it, but I find it hard to let it go. Any advice? Ooh, how do you deal with difficult people, people that frustrate you? It's, again, there's no one strategy here. It's probably going to depend on who you are, who they are, and what the circumstances are. And I think a useful thing to flag here whenever you're talking about difficulties with another person is to do a little bit of a risk assessment in your own imagination. Think of the traffic lights. Is this a green scenario? In other words, hanging out or spending time with them is, is okay, it's positive, or it's at least neutral. Is it an amber situation whereby, yeah, there are some problems here that need addressing, but they're not urgent? In other words, they may be frustrating, but they're not any more than frustrating. They're just annoying, but you're not being harmed, in other words. Or is it in the red category? And the red category means that emotionally or physically or in any other practical way that there is actually a particularly negative effect from this. So I think that kind of distinction is important here because you're probably going to want to do different things depending on the circumstance. So I'm going to assume in, in this question that we're talking about the amber category. In other words, no great harm here, but just somebody who's annoying <laughs> and, and how to work with that, how to, how to manage it. So um, one distinction that's useful here, it's, it's an interesting one that's drawn in some of the, uh, the Indian uh, Vedic philosophical traditions. And I know there's varieties of it as well in different philosophical schools. Um, but it's a distinction between, uh, these are three Sanskrit words, uh, adhyatmaka, uh, adhidevaka, and adhibodhika. And what they roughly translate as best as I can interpret them as is adhyatmaka is to do with issues, I suppose, of embodiment, of the body and the mind that we have. So kind of internal challenges. So in other words, if we're, if we're ill, if we're, if we're sick, if we have a physical difficulty, that would be frustration caused by that. Uh, the mind, uh, these are worries or concerns that we have. Uh, these would be in, in the realm of Adhyabhmaka. Adhidevaka, on the other hand, then, is to do with the gods or nature. So things in that category that are sort of outside of our control, like the change of the seasons, like weather, uh, things like that that aren't internal, they're a bit more external, but they still very much affect us. So nuisance of, of, of that category. And the third category then, Adibodica, is other living beings, essentially, humans, animals, or whatever else you got out there. And uh, I'm not sure where COVID-19 would fit into this. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a thing, it's somewhere between Adibodica and Adibodica, maybe. And that's the point, I don't think these things are completely mutually exclusive. But those categories, I think, are actually pretty useful, just as a rough category. Now, we don't need to worry too much about the technical definitions of what fits where. But drawing those kinds of distinctions is useful to reflect on how we already do this well, because sometimes we don't need to reinvent the wheel. So if you think about other nuisances and frustrations you deal with well, one interesting distinction is, and we could use the example of weather here is probably a good one, if there's bad weather and the rain is coming in through your roof, or even if there's really bad weather and there's maybe wind damage to your home, now this is really challenging and, and it's important to not underestimate how frustrating and how scary that can be 
particularly in certain circumstances where you're, you know, really you maybe don't have the resources to fix it and so on. However, what's interesting is we'll often treat something like that rather differently than we would treat the same or even less damage or difficulty if it was caused by another person. If there's a person involved, very often there's a lot more emotion around it and it will linger, the frustration will linger for much longer. Even within the Adi Bodhika category of other living beings, uh, if we were you know, injured by a bear or if a bear scared us, we would often feel very different about that than if it was another human being. Now, that's not wrong at all, necessarily. On some level, it makes absolute sense. And, you know, one of the key reasons why I suppose it, it makes sense and why it would be useful to draw that distinction is we're very good at human beings at attributing agency to things, you know, where are they trying to get at me or what with, we simulate essentially different scenarios as to why a particular person or agent may be acting. And that's really a form of self-protection. But the only problem is sometimes we overdo it a bit. Sometimes it was somebody just not paying attention and, you know, still wrong and they, they should apologize whether they will or they won't. But it wasn't as malicious as it necessarily seemed. And what's interesting is, even if it is somebody being a bit malicious, very often the reasons for that are nuanced as well, and it's still not personal towards us. Very often they're like that towards other people. Sort of it's, it's characteristics that they have as a person, and very often that's come from their past, their childhood, their upbringing, and people treated them a certain way. And then people treated those people a certain way, and it's kind of being passed on sometimes intergen intergenerationally or, or cross-culturally. So it gets really, really complicated. So I think the interesting meditation here is to recognize that we have a little bit of wiggle room, I suppose, for how we attribute things that happen. So I see this sometimes I work with, with police officers uh, with, uh, with some of their, their training and their work and I have them as clients and other emergency services are good examples of this but particularly with the police they have to do training to do with confrontation because of course they're going to face it in their day-to-day -day life and something that they maybe will experience is people getting up close to them shouting at them abusing them insulting them looking for personal traits that they can call on and and that of course is really challenging particularly if you're not used to it so something that they'll often do as part of their training is practice doing that to each other which doesn't sound like a, a particularly pleasant way to spend an afternoon but it can be rather useful because there's a kind of a desensitization, a kind of form of exposure therapy that happens when you do that, that you're not hearing it for the first time. And of course, you don't want to get too desensitized to, to things like that. But there is a way of finding a perspective so that you can see the other person as they are. And maybe they're doing the right thing, maybe they're doing the wrong thing, whatever. But you can see that and there's a little bit of space between you and that other person. There isn't that room whereby you're taking it too personally and reading too much into it. You still may want to think a little bit about what's happening. There's nothing wrong to simulate the possibilities, but you're seeing them as just possibilities. And you're giving yourself a little bit of breathing space to say that, well, that person is there. I am here. And maybe how can I bring the situation forward? And maybe that just means containing the situation so you have a little bit of breathing room and space to be happy yourself, even if the other person isn't. 
And maybe it means, directly or indirectly, you can actually affect the other person and create change. But often that won't happen just by engaging on their level. It'll happen by you bringing yourself to a better place yourself and then possibly inspiring them or not. And it may take time. It may be that you inspire them over time or it may be that they don't get inspired. But at least you've kind of risk managed the situation. You've minimized the costs of how they were feeling. You've brought in a sense of wellness yourself, which will help you and at least help other people in the, in the environment if not the person who's you know a bit challenging to be around so again go back to the examples of you know if the weather's bad how do you treat that and most of the time we're able to kind of draw that distinction between us and the weather we're not owning it too much we're not making it too personal in that moment now again, I have to emphasize, I'm not saying that we need to treat other people exactly the same as the weather. There are distinctions and differences here, and I appreciate that. But maybe it's a bit more on a spectrum than we think it is. Maybe they're in a bad mood because of the weather. <laughs> These things are interconnected with each other, and one thing leads to another. And it, this kind of domino effect, the ripple effect, that tends to be part of the problem. So, over in the comments, uh, uh, Hank I usually do my best to avoid people if they're frustrating to deal with, especially so since I don't like being false with people. Even if I don't like them, I don't want them to feel bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that makes so much sense. And, you know, one of the, the key things I think we can do is just manage our exposure to certain things. And a, a good kind of a side tip here is, like, obviously, if there are people who are challenging to be around you're not helping them they're not helping you they're bringing you down and there's no reason to be around them you know probably don't be around them is is, is the path there however of course sometimes it's a bit more complicated in that there are people you have to be around it could be professional reasons or it could be it could be family it could be you know you're living close to them there's a lot of varieties of situation that might be a bit challenging now back to the traffic lights we talked about before still if it's in the red you may need to create that distance and you may need support in doing that but a good kind of side tip here is if it's in the amber in other words if it's challenging not completely detrimental but challenging but you can't maybe avoid that person a good side tip is bring in more people in the green category bring in people in the category who are positive nice to be around energizing and supportive because then it's a little bit like a weighing scales balancing out if there's pressure on one side at least you can counterbalance it on the other side so there's a little bit more space and uh, there, there's it's like a balance sheet in accounting if there's something going out okay but there needs to be something coming in on the other side to counterbalance it and then it can hopefully add up. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe, and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf, or at jfl.com.